I'm Ann Cox, and welcome to the podcast Ancestry Finding Yourself and the Secrets and Lies. My cousin Dion Claire and I will take you on our journey to unearth our family's history in Jamaica and along the way, the secrets and lies that came to light. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, great, great. I'm so glad we're back to continue our conversation. Um, one thing I wanted to mention, which I, I kind of screwed up in, is um, when we're talking about the compensation that the British, um, you know, um, compensated the the slaveholders for after the uh, s- the slaves in Jamaica were freed in 1830. Four, and then they were actually really freed in 1838. Um, it's 20 billion pounds, not dollars. There's a whole lot of heap, of, even more of a whole heap of money. Yeah. So yeah, so things like that. But uh, so I just wanted to, um, you know, uh, make that correction because it's so easy to slip into dollars, you know, because we're in North America, right? Oh, yeah. Um, one of the things I wanted to kind of get into a little bit is. You know, when we did the whole DNA thing, we, we, we did Ancestry. I mean, there are so many others. I mean, when this whole thing started, I mean, it was uh, Ancestry and um, one, two, and what is it? Uh, DNA, was it one, two, two three? three. Or, yeah, and me. And um, so I know people are, are very concerned about uh, privacy. What happens to your material? Can they take your your DNA and do whatever with it, you know, when you submit the stuff, like, you know, who owns it and, and um, all that kind of stuff. Are you, are you kind of, kind of giving that stuff away? Well, the thing about um, ancestry is all the information you need to address those questions are right on that site. All the details, all the fine print, you know, um, when they're talking about your DNA um, in terms of uh, what they could potentially do with it. They're actually not talking about the saliva which you submit to from which the DNA extra- is extracted. Uh, they're not talking about the DNA itself, that double helix. They're actually talking about the information or the data that's extracted, you know, in terms of, oh, connecting you to different people and, and all of that. That's the, that's the, uh, what they're talking about in terms of protecting the privacy of that information. So, um, you know, you just got to read the fine print and, um, you know, you can have your samples destroyed. You can, uh, you can later on say, you know what, you can't do this with that. And they have to be very clear with what they want to do with that information going forward. It's all there and you actually have to sign to give your permission. They just can't take it and do whatever they want. Permission is you know, you have to do that. So when you're signing all of that, just make sure you read everything because they definitely need you to to um, to sign up, you know, to do whatever it is that they want to do. Um, one thing I wanted to mention that's been in the news a lot is GEDmatch, which is a, a cool DNA site where you can upload your your DNA um, and then it, it matches. It's a, it's a, it's another DNA um database and it can match with so many other uh, people. It's, it's a way of expanding the, the pool of potential connections. Oh. GEDmatch is now in, in, 
has been in the news for a number of years because it's what the police have been uh, using to help find some of these famous serial killers, like the Golden State Killer. They actually uploaded his DNA profile and through that connected with, uh, was able to, to match with um, a relative and through a genetic genealogist actually basically spending months working through all the different connections to be able to identify him. So the thing is, my DNA is actually on GEDmatch, but the cool thing about GEDmatch is they actually send you emails reminding you that the police do use this and it's, uh, and, and also, you know, basically letting you know um, what's going on, what you've signed on to, all of that. It's, it's like every few months they're constantly reminding you. So they're very transparent. So, you know, that's another thing, you know, the transparency there. And for some people, you know, uh, that's enough for other people. It'll never be enough in terms of how much information. So, which is true. And the thing about that is that's okay because it's your DNA. It's your it's your material, and you have the right to decide how you want it to be used. So it's all good either way. But it's but I'm glad you clarified that because at least when people are making decisions, they need they should have the facts. And so, yeah. like right now, there's a popular movie on Netflix, and I'm I'll botch the the name, but it's something like they cloned. Tyrone or they cloned somebody. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah. And it, it made me laugh because as you were speaking, I was thinking that's the kind of what's in people's minds. Like I'm not giving my DNA so that you can duplicate me out here and there's another me out there. Like people have all these kind of far-fetched ideas about what happens to their DNA. And um and of course that's not the case. So it is good for people to be aware that that information's out there and you can decide yay or nay on what you want to share and how you want to share. So yeah. Um, and I think people tend to focus so much with privacy and their DNA in these instances when you're talking about Ancestry or any of the other databases, but they don't really think um, your DNA is potentially floating out there without your permission to do this, do what. When you think about it, you go and give a blood sample to test for whatever. Your DNA is in that blood. Nobody's going, gee what happens to that blood sample after can they take that and nobody thinks about that that is such a good point because we all have gone and given several vials to get all our lipids tested and a panel of testing done and there's no i don't recall there being any disclosure as to what is done with the remnant of that after it's been used you know so good point yeah i mean we all assume it's destroyed or used up during the testing but those are assumptions right very good yeah. point yeah, and when you go for surgery and they do this, they do that. I mean, all of that stuff is just there. Nobody seems to be concerned about what happens to that. And again, it all contains your DNA, all of it. Uh, you, and here's uh, here's just even going crazier. When you get your hair cut. This is a good point. <laughs> somebody could take your hair and sequence. I mean, it's mitochondrial DNA, but it's still DNA. That's looking <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's just, uh, I mean, we can go into the weeds with this. So yeah. it's hyper-focused on this one relatively small area, you know. Yeah. But um, anyway, I, I first heard about Ancestry, I don't know, um, a few years ago, more than five, six years ago. And before that, it was 23andMe. And uh, I can't remember uh, watching some show, and I was like, 
wow, wow, that sounds fascinating. And um, so I think after I kept hearing about it more and more, and then when it finally came to Canada, you know, because uh, when it comes to Canada, you know, it's it's for real. Um, <laughs> I thought, wow, I should try this, you know. Um, and it was, uh, I think, the most difficult part about this DNA business, getting that uh, your DNA um, to be shipped off, was all that spitting into that vial. <laughs> That's a good point. That was not so much fun. And then, and then the thing about it is, for me, I was, I was like, oh, that, that four or five. I think it, it felt like eight weeks, but there's probably four to six weeks. It just felt like forever because now there was all this excitement building up. And like, okay, what's what is what are we going to discover? So it, yeah. it it was so cool is that you and I didn't have a conversation about it. No. We're on our own journeys. And um, I had seen the commercials. And then I noticed around the holidays, they always had these specials, like for mm -hmm. night, as you can get. And it was just, I believe it was 2018. I took advantage of that that holiday special. And, and I almost didn't do it because I was thinking, oh, our ancestry's from Jamaica. Isn't this for people that came through Ellis Island? I Again, yeah, uh, just making assumptions. and. Um, I, then I looked into it and I realized it's it's a whole huge massive database and it, it it's it's for everybody. You put your blood in there, or not blood, excuse me, your spit. You put your spit in there, and it's gonna it has a its database is gonna do all its its searching and connecting, and it doesn't matter where you are in the world. So if there's any idea in your mind that oh you know my my ancestry does not originate from coming through Ellis Island, there's there's no limitation here. As when you provide your DNA, it's gonna find whatever is connected to you genetically. So that was cool to find out. And one thing I learned, like you're saying, is it's like anything in life. We, as human beings, sometimes we make, we process things and make this definitive uh, conclusions off of what we think. And, and, mm -hmm. and important, just in life in general, to get facts. And then you can process facts and come and decide if you want to participate or not. But that is something that I constantly, you know, even recorrect re in my decision making is let me get the details. Not me, let me not just work myself into a decision based on what I think. And I think all of us have those moments where we do that. Yeah. But especially with this, where it's science, where there's actual facts, this is not about opinion, uh, you know, or perception. You can make a, a conclusion on what works for you with facts, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and, and, and just it's, it's for me, it was, um, it's kind of opening this door, right? Like you said, based on facts, based on, and, and, and uh, you know, something that's been, you know, very well uh, established and, and you can trust it, right? It's not based on in terms of finding connections in terms of your family and, and, who are you related to and all of that sort of it's not based on you know cousin so and so said this and right. i you know so you know and all the little the family lore which as you know they're kernels of truths in these you know um you know family stories but just like for example this whole sally hemmings things for her family generations of people have been saying you know uh you know jefferson you know mm -hmm. and um but it was only when the DNA came down, people were like, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah this is now irrefutable. Exactly, exactly. And you you feel, I mean, and I'm sure, uh, you know, her descendants really now, 
I mean, they they have known in their bones, but now they feel this real connection that this is this is real, you know. Uh, so I, I just think it's so important if this is something that you want to do to pursue it. Um, I don't know what was your motivator, but for me, um, you know, I decided to 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 try this because I've always been interested in our family uh, lineage more so weirdly than my mother's side my dad's side which is our how we're connected yes. um because some of the stories because i think believe it or not our family was more open if you can believe that uh than my mother's side you know and i was you hear bits and pieces just like you know i might reference sally hemmings's family and you just wanted to um to learn more like even my own sister who's 15 years younger than me my only sister that i was aware of at the time um yeah apparently i have a sister out there which i don't know about an older sister okay so yeah yeah i don't know about and so when i just so i just thought you know what um i i'm t i'm done with all of these secrets I really want to know what's going on in our family. And of course, some other things which we're going to talk about later on that, you know, the D it was born out in the DNA, Absolutely. you know, and I, I was a little hesitant. There's a box you check where um, other people can compare with your DNA. And I kind of, you know, took a deep breath and did it because there is this possibility that I could connect with this woman who could, it was potentially my older sister. You know, I mean, I don't know if that's happened yet because there's some weird stuff there and I'm like, hmm, what's this? But uh, so that was my real um, motivation. You know, I don't know. what how, how how did this come about for you? You know, I, I had really been enjoying the, um, the genealogical program of with, is it Henry, Henry Louis Gates? Am I saying yeah. his name? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just found it so extraordinary. And of course, it's 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 more. Um, almost uh, interesting when you, you're learning about celebrities, people that you've kind of known culturally for a long time, and then you learn about their family. So that's going to be attractive. But I started to think of it from that perspective that, wow, this is just plain out interesting. It doesn't matter if someone's famous or not, like just learning about sort of the narrative of your family, your lineage, like how you came about and all the stories, the loss, the joys, the, the just the texture of all that led up to your existence that in some way that would be so um powerful in terms of having a greater sense of your identity your constitution as you're forming it but okay mm -hmm. i come from these are my cultural references um and even like pride a healthy pride when you learn about what people have come through for you to just exist so yeah. that i was very moved by some of the stories um that i was watching from celebrities getting learning about their family's history and i thought i am certain that we have that story there's something like that out there for every family there's a there's a story there's a story there's love there's loss there's tragedy every family line has the human it's the human experience and just uh, being able to connect the dots and learn how we've come about i thought would be very powerful in just my own development as a person so it was that what is what really interested me in in finding out more and then of course there's this thought in your mind well oh gosh you know is my daddy gonna be my dad <laughs> is my daddy really my daddy you know like you know what's gonna happen right and and then you're like what am i gonna find out 
but but even that's part of the journey because people have lives they have all kinds of stuff happens so um you just have to if you decide to do it take a deep breath and accept that i'm open to receiving truth because the truth is in the dna you know no one can make up that they're related to you they can't fabricate that that's not what we heard confronted with truth and that's a beautiful thing even though it might be painful depending on how that manifests but it's still it's beautiful because it's the reality you know yeah and i and i think for me i love what you just said about the truth because in 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 this journey i also you know started learning more about jamaica Mm. the island you know um out of many one people right and um because you're forced to because you 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 know i i learned so much more because you really realize that 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 phrase out of many one people it is so true and i i felt after learning more about where i came from in terms of these people who came to that island and not only just they they just didn't survive they flourished you know um there's a sense of pride and um and a, a real real deep appreciation for that country for that small island you know and um and just pride a sense of pride you know um and it makes me think sometimes um sometimes when i'm having a bad day i don't know if i've mentioned this before you know and because of that i i think there's a line i think it's um uh maya angelou you know uh where i think I'm having a bad day, things aren't working out or whatever. And I remind myself, I am the hope and the dream of the slave. You know, Mm -hmm. so my being here, when you think of those people who've come before, you know, that you've discovered through time, um, unearthing through, Mm -hmm. through this journey with DNA and the connections, these are the people, you know, you're the reason why they push themselves to survive, to persevere. So somebody like you could be here, you know? The rest in that because our, our very existence is victory. It's triumph. It's transcendence you know, through what was unbearable, unthinkable. And I, I you know, it, it, there aren't really words to articulate what um, our ancestors have been through. People of color that have ancestry in the Caribbean, in America, any place where African Americans were displaced by by slavery um, and enslavement, um, there are no words because we 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 cannot absorb what they went through. It's just it's it's incomprehensible, you know, to have every liberty, every basic right as a human being stripped from you, and to have to exist in that until you die, and yeah. to have with people you didn't love and you you know, may have been forced to be impregnated by, I mean, it goes on and on, rape and all of these brutalizations. So to to come from people that survived what is unbearable, unthinkable, um, just, and, and, and not only survived, but triumph. You know, Jamaica was not a, a cultural Mecca. It was a place that Europeans used to transition, to move goods, uh, you know, to yeah. get Americas, it was just a spot, like a middle ground, right? To just get things that they needed to get to the next place and to do further discovery. There was no, there was no plan for any cultural development here. This was just a spot to reload and 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 disperse. Right. And uh, and from this um, and forced labor and subjugation came a, a very 
powerful and defiant people with very distinct cultural background and personality and character that literally forged through all of that and, mm -hmm. and came out very powerful and resilient and defined. Jamaica is yes. <laughs> it, like everybody else. Just, and I'm sure other cultures will say the same. We, are, we have a distinct way of talking and, and, and style and attitude. And it's just so, it's wonderful to see that that flourished with so much against it, you know? Oh yeah. And I must admit, you know, every time you hear about uh, a lot of uh, some, you know, person of African descent in North America or even Europe who has achieved some great, you know, whether it's, you know, a, a particular title or elevation in, in their career. I mean, you usually hear, well, their parents are of Jamaican descent. Yes, or yes. They, there's always that Jamaican thing in the background somewhere, you know. Um, I must admit, I mean, Kamala Harris, hello. Yes. Her dad was Jamaican. Hello. Well, and, the, and the late, great Colin Powell. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Exactly. It, There's always that that kernel there. You know, it, it's this attitude that you know. And I think, uh, you know, when when we wherever we're coming, wherever we're going, rather, you know, we come with this attitude that you can't tell me where I belong. Yes, I, I, you know, some may perceive it as aggression. I don't perceive it as that. It's an it's assertiveness. There is a there is a pushing forward and moving forward from from Jamaicans. There's no weight against us is going to stop us. We're we're moving forward, and and I love that. That's what I always saw. I and and it's not it's not loud and boisterous. I think mm -hmm. it can be, but it's just this this quiet persistence of I'm going to keep going. I will prevail. Whatever. Yeah. I'm that's why I remember, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember growing up um, on in Living Color, they had this hilarious sketch, uh, sketch of, um, or skit, where it was like, the Jamaicans had like five jobs or like a million jobs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and it's just the running joke it was, you know, especially back then, but that they would, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, we're going to make it, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, I, I remember something that my mother did because my mother came to Canada in the 60s. She was a part of uh, a group of, you know, d this whole domestic thing happening in the late 60s where, you know, um, West Indian women came to Canada and they worked as domestics. It was a program, you know, like you have the Filipino nannies, you mm -hmm. know, more recently. And um, I remember her. She didn't really talk about too much how she was treated but it was she wasn't treated very well and she i you know i remember as a child and she brought us over you know in the early 70s and i remember her and it's just her and us because our parents got divorced before we came to canada so she took us up and I don't, sometimes I don't know how she did it. I remember we moved several times. I don't remember helping her pack anything. I was nine years old. I don't know how this woman was able to pack uh, an apartment, two or three bedroom apartment while working full time, leaving at four o'clock in the morning. And of course, winter in Canada, knee deep snow, the whole thing. But I remember one place we lived and the landlord, after we lived there for about a year, she basically said, we're moving. And I was like, I, I think I was 11 years old. And I said, well, why, why are we moving? It's a really nice duplex or, you know, and she said, well, um, the landlord basically couldn't understand how she could afford to pay his rent. 
she he basically told her she must be um she must be a prostitute or something like that and my mother told him basically you don't talk to me like that i'm leaving and he told her you know you can't leave you have a lease and you got to stay here and my mother had a grade school education and she said no i don't have to do anything i'm leaving because i'm not, i'm not going to have you talk to me like this and she he packed her up i mean she packed us up found another place and moved and he sued her and he won in court and nobody would have cared in the 1970s this black woman being accused of something like this and and being you know nobody would have cared in quebec quebec of all places which today well anyway i digress um not the most uh, inclusive place. Mm -hmm. And um, she lost. And I will never forget, she said to me, yeah, well, it'll take him 10 years to get the money back that, that he's won. And she did not, never talked about it again, never uh, felt, woe is me, I lost this. No, because she had won. This man did not box her in and tell her <laughs> where she belonged. And this is a woman who you know, was basically, you know, poor, black, living in Quebec, where they, it's French, mm -hmm. you don't, don't speak the language, and you're working in a hotel. So, and you're supporting three children by yourself. But she would not let this person tell her where she belonged. Well, to me, I believe she won because it was all about, all that was about was, was about exercising power, right? Yeah. I'm degrade you and insult you and you're going to have to sit in it and I, what i love about that story is that she did not she said what whatever the cost i will not tolerate this my standard of how i'm being treated is is not being met and i'm going to vacate so i i just respect that to me that's the greatest victory is that you know she 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 was able to in make it operate in independence and, uh, yeah. and as of color that's something that has been historically have had has had been taken and then has been compromised because of circumstance whether it's economic or social where you can't take such stance and so mm -hmm. i he did that and it was inexplicable to him like how can yeah. you i was how can you explain how you could behave this way like, how can you do this that's what he couldn't handle yeah he could not and and i i you know it has come so i'm, I'm so certain it comes from that background right? Yeah. Growing up okay. in Jamaica. And, and basically, you're not going to tell me where I belong, you know? Um, and I, I just love that. And I, I've learned from it, you know, and uh, so many times in my life where I feel like, oh, ooh, you know, I'm being, you know, as, as black people, you know, how we end up being told, this is where you belong over here. And uh, that always comes back to me. And I'm like, no, no, absolutely not. And the fact that I have because of, you know, the fact that she brought us to Canada and I, you know, I have a really great education. I went to one of the top universities in Canada because of her. Um, who am I to sit there and go, you know, no. <laughs> yeah. You're entitled to a seat at any table you want to sit in. You have because the right. She, yeah. yeah. She fought that battle. She fought that battle so I could do this. Right. And again, it, it comes from that being brought up that you have the right to move in this world the way you want to. Absolutely. You know? And I, I love that. I love that. So there is a definite uh, confidence in, um, 
compartment that Jamaicans have, I think that um, is wonderful. And it and sometimes uncomfortable for people uh, that are not, that are Caucasian, you know, sometimes they struggle with, you know, the, you know, what is all that? You know, yeah. because we're not, we're not um, gonna be in a place that you wanna put us. We're gonna go to the place we wanna go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, hence why, I mean, the first, when I think about the first actor, Black actor to win an Academy Award, Sidney Poitier, is from the islands, not Jamaica, but another island, this sense of, I have the right to be here. Now, and I'm not, I'm quite the movie buff, so I might have to challenge that. I think that the lovely woman, Hattie May, or so, the, the, in Gone with the Wind, did, I, she might have predated it. I, I said, I mean, actor. I said oh, actor. I, I know I shouldn't use actor, actress. I mean, because we now do, yeah, actor. Yeah. Gotcha. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, because especially black men, the way yeah. black men have been portrayed, I mean, and, and so you reference um, Hattie, Hattie McDaniel. Yeah, that's it. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, you think of the movie Gone with the Wind and the, all the black male characters are buffoons in that film, right? Yeah, they're represented as such, right? There's no, you know, a strong. No, yeah, just no. in general, they're not. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, um, you know, uh, so anyway, I just, I just, uh, like I said, this, this whole process has given me such an appreciation for, for, you know, that uh, wonderful little island. And, yeah. uh, and, and just, and even more so, it's, it's made me want to go back. Um, you know, more and more, um, you know, to the point I was going back every year when our aunt was, uh, our aunt Phyllis was alive, you know, um, and, and learning so much. Yes. But you know, you know something, um, this whole, uh, journey has helped me not just to appreciate Jamaica, but also our European ancestry. Mm -hmm. That look at yourself, you're, you know, you just take stock of your person that you were composed of all of these different ethnic backgrounds yeah, yeah. that really make us. If I take out the Scottish, then I'm not here. If I take the English or the 2% Italian or all these different things, everybody, every, there was a person that left a genetic Im imprint because they existed for the next person to exist to, to the next person to get to us. So there is such a value in understanding that we are a composition of multiple ethnics, ethnicities, and they should all be celebrated, I, you know, quite frankly, because without one, you, you, we were not here. So absolutely, you know, I, I totally agree with you. Um, yeah, and let's talk about that next. All right. Live six foot, seven foot, eight foot punch. <laughs> 